Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 6th of December, Tuesday, as the Flyers get a win last night over the Stanley Cup champ, Colorado Avalanche. I know the Colorado Avalanche had some players out of the lineup, and that's part of the equation. It always is. I don't want to minimize the win. Flyers going into that game last night lost 12 of 13. If we can't enjoy the wins, what is the point? Enjoy the win. Flyers are missing players too. Just about every team in the NHL, to varying degrees, has been missing players. Sorry, I'm just kind of responding to some things I saw on social media. But Flyers get a 5-3 win in the game. They come away with the two points. Yeah, it got a little dicey at the end. It really did. As Colorado crawled back and got within one. But then the empty net goal by Travis Konechny uh, restretches the lead to two. I love some elements of this game, which we will discuss now. First, Flyers outshoot Colorado 34-32. You know, I don't care about that. Uh, the face-offs, pretty even. 24 wins for Colorado, 23 for the Flyers. Colorado actually came into that game with a lower face-off winning percentage than the Flyers. Flyers are 30th in the league. Seattle was 31st. And Colorado, 32nd in the NHL. And I do know that Bob Clark went out and worked with some of the Flyers' centers on face-offs at practice uh, the other day. Sean Couturier out there working with the centers as well. And we know that a few years back, Bob Clark jumped on the ice and worked with Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier on face-offs, showing them some of the tricks of the craft and uh, helped both of those guys tremendously. And where they were two of the top five, top ten face-off guys in the NHL for a long time for the Flyers. That's been one of the, the areas why their face-offs aren't as strong. No Giroux and no Couturier to take those draws. But the Flyers do get the win. They go down in the game uh, on the power play as the Colorado Avalanche score first when Newhook picks up his fifth goal on the man advantage, McCarr and McKinnon with the assist. McKinnon would only play about four and a half minutes of the game. Then he went out after a collision, I think, with Scott Lawton. So he was done for the night. Didn't look particularly, didn't see anything there that was particularly alarming. But he never returned in the game. And then the Flyers got it tied when Travis Sanheim at 729 of the first picked up his third goal of the season. You're starting to see a little more confidence with, with Travis Sanheim as well. Kind of jumping into plays, and his reads are looking a lot sharper of late. And he reads the screen there perfectly, and it ends up uh, beating Georgiev high glove uh, through the screen. Puts the Flyers on the board, ties the game at one. Lawton and McEwen pick up the assist. Then at 18.05 of the first period, Flyers grab the lead when Tanner Lazinski picks up his second goal of the season. But there's elements of this goal that I love. First, it's the shin pads to the blade by Patrick Brown to block the shot attempt in the flyer zone. And this starts the rush the other way. He blocks it. Puck doesn't go particularly carrying off far. He's able to corral it, but knows that he does not have a direct pass to a darting up the left side of the ice, Joel Farabee. And also Tanner Lazinski reading the play, knowing that they had a jailbreak situation. He starts on a beeline for the the net of the Colorado Avalanche as well. So Patrick Brown goes, okay, I'll throw an area pass off the glass. Flips it up off the glass into an area where Farabee can skate right into it two on one. Farabee's starting to get deep enough in the zone down the left-hand side where he doesn't have a great angle. And he reads the play perfectly, knowing he's got Lazinski. Coming up the middle of the ice hard, he goes P.O.P., puck on pad. Throws a perfect along the ice shot to that middle pad. In this case, it's the left pad of Georgiev. Can't control the rebound. Drives the rebound right out to a driving Lazinski. Boom, he goes in. 
and pots the rebound. Flyers go up 2-1 to one in the game. Late in that period, final 20 seconds of the period, Carter Hart's got to make an unbelievable desperation save, which he does. So they go into the dressing room, up 2-1, instead of tied at 2. That's a big save in a big spot. 3.59 into the second period, the Flyers uh, advance on their lead, 3-1, to one, when Tony D'Angelo picks up his fourth on the power play, and you know that one felt good for D'Angelo. You know, the part of the, the rub in New York when he was with the Rangers, kind of the, the last straw there was it came to blows between him and Georgiev. There was some miscommunication in an overtime, ended up in the back of their net. They had words. They got in each other's face. And that was the kind of the last straw for D'Angelo in New York as a member of the Rangers. So he picks up the power play goal. Uh, Really good-looking power play here. Good, again, traffic around the net and creating good opportunities with good entries, setting up, and guys not standing still. Matter of fact, after that power play goal by D'Angelo, Flyers had another one a couple minutes later. And a minute 40 of that power play with the top unit, once they got into the zone and set up, they were moving the puck beautifully. Had a lot of great chances on that power play. They didn't score on that one, but on that first one they did. And uh, that was D'Angelo's fourth on the man advantage. Morgan Frost and Kevin Hayes picked up the assist. So you go to the intermission with the Flyers up 3-1. to one. So they head to the third period with a two-goal lead, and you go, uh-oh, two-goal lead in hockey. It's the worst lead in hockey, blah, blah, blah. Well, they advance on that as well at 9.54. Again, on the power play, Scott Lawton gets a cross-ice pass from Ivan Proroff. He one-times it. Goes wide off the end boards, right to Owen Tippett, who doesn't have any time to think, and just, boom, bombs it right into the net past Georgiev, puts the Flyers up 4-1. Ranton in a new hook score uh, for Colorado late at 17-47 and 18-23. Now it's, oh no, one goal game, here we go. But at 19 minutes of the third period, Travis Connecting gets a pass from Kevin Hayes, puts it in the empty net, and picks up the empty net goal. His 10th of the season, Hayes' second point of the game. Sanheim also gets an assist, his second uh, point of the game. All said and done, Carter Hart, 29 saves, and the Flyers get a 5-3 win. So they'll look to, in the rubber match of this five-game homestand, they have two wins, two losses. They'll look to get have an over 500, a 3-2 and two homestand, when they wrap it up on Wednesday against the Washington Capitals. So they get the win. I had a chance after the game to catch up with the guy who ended up with the winning goal in this game. That was Owen Tippett. And here's my conversation with Owen Tippett after the game. Uh, with us post-game as the Flyers get a win, and you end up, I think you end up with the game-winning goal here, Owen Tippett. Yeah. Um, you know, As luck would have it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just saw a good bounce off the uh, off the end ball there, and uh, saw the goalies out, so just had to put it there. When you're trying to get back into a rhythm of scoring goals, as a guy that scored a lot of goals throughout his career, coming up and everything, is it sometimes better to just get one that just ends up on your stick and it's hot fire to get it right back at the net? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, take the brain out of it, yeah. right? Obviously, you know, uh, a couple games without it, you're you don't want to look for it. You just want to stay the simple game, but um, you know, getting one of those kind of helps and. Hopefully get on a roll here. Tip, let me ask you about the notion of knowing that if you score, great, and this team yeah. needs offense from you. But if you don't score, you're not coming out of the lineup. That mm-hmm. mentally, I imagine, is a different ball game for you and how you attack every day. Yeah, it obviously helps with uh, the confidence, but I can do a better job at contributing when I when I don't score, like you said. So, um, you know, just chipping away one game at a time. Let me ask you about your playmaking ability. Um, it's something that has never really been raised as you know, one of those hallmarks of your game. But I see a guy that uses his legs a lot more than I thought before you got here, and your playmaking and vision is 
far better than I even had a clue. Something you pride yourself on, I'm sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, growing up, it's it's everything kind of heard about my shot, but, um, you know, you got to have other tools. So, um, obviously, everyone thinks I'm going and shoot first. So, um, you know, those little plays can, can open up pretty easy. And you can use that mentality of they think you're going to shoot first. Last thing for you, uh, the structure that you guys have been playing with, the Islander games, let's take the Tampa Bay game out of the equation. Then the game you guys have the other day against New Jersey, you shoot them 33-18, and then really complete game here tonight. The buy-in on the structure seems very apparent, and the puck support's been excellent. Yeah, I mean, obviously with the way our team's going, it's if we can stick to our structure, we're going to be in the battle every night. And, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, if we don't have that offense, we've got to figure a way to kind of lock it down. So um, playing with structure is everything. Tip, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks, Doe and Tippett, for taking the time to join us on Flyers Daily and uh, get that goal. Maybe that get him kind of moving again. And, you know, goal scorers are often very streaky. They can score in bunches. So hopefully Owen Tippett uh, can get uh, back confident shooting the puck. And that was a perfect situation for him. Puck ends up on his stick. Net is yawning at him. And Gurgiev's in desperation trying to scramble to get back. But Tippett's got no time to think. Just fire that puck at the net, and he does. And it ends up in the back of the net, and that's the game winner for the Flyers. After the game, the head coach, John Tortorella, had a chance to address the media, talk about the win, talk about a lot of the things he liked, some things he didn't like as well. So here's the head coach, John Tortorella. This morning you said you wanted to go right back to Carter after the way Saturday went. I assume you came away really satisfied with his response after that game. Timely saves. Uh... Early on, make some really big saves for us. Uh, played a really good game. Obviously, you don't want to put you know a, a team like that on the power play as many times as you did, but how big was the penalty kill unit tonight? Yeah, the penalty killing has been better the past couple of games, and it certainly was important tonight. On the flip side, the power play in the last couple of games is starting to, starting to see some stuff come, coming around with them as well, correct? Yeah, just, just trying to keep it simple. Found some shots through all the traffic, and... Um, that's how we found our way earlier in the year. As far as some wins, it was a power play helping us during the game. We talked a lot about Travis Sandheim's offense. Are you starting to see what he can do with the pocket and the way he can score it? At times. You want to see more of that? Yep. Against Tampa, you kind of felt like you had that bad second period where they were humming pretty much there. Was it kind of you felt like that a little bit there at the end of the first period before you guys really turned it around? I don't even remember the Tampa game, quite honestly. Um, yeah, I, I we 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 played and uh, we played in spurts. I thought at times in the first half half of the game, um, got away from us a little bit at the end of the game, but find a way to win. Last couple of games, John, that a win to this one. How much does that help a team trying to find its identity and pace? Meaning, I'm sorry. In terms of trying to find its identity for a team the last couple of games, so how does it help a team like this to help a game like this? And yeah, we, we, we have, uh, whether we're winning or losing, we're always working on our identity. We have quite a bit of work to do in that area. Um, almost let it get away from us there towards the end. Bent didn't break. Uh, had some really good minutes, had some struggles. Uh, we're still we still got some ways to go as far as to define who we are. I'm still not sure what that definition is yet. You've talked a lot of, so far this season about teaching moments. Can that end of the third period be a teaching moment in terms of not letting off the gas when you have a game at hand? Yeah, it's not so much letting off the gas. There's a, there's a couple of plays at the end that I think are just just bad plays. Uh, 
and, and it's certainly going to be a teaching moment. Uh, and it didn't result in, in the goals. There were plays prior to that when we are up 4-1 that are just needless plays. Uh, and it just, it not, just not playing within ourselves. So sh there's certainly uh, a number of clips there that I already know I'm going to use in, in teaching that part of the game. And uh, never, never feeling comfortable with the lead, uh, no matter what, where you are in the period. There, there are a number of plays that uh, I, I just don't get. So we're going to have to teach. For some of those guys, do you believe that those types of plays are some of those bad habits, or are they just things that you need to get better at? I think I think it's it's a matter of letting players know that uh, where we are in the game, the momentum of the game, what's left on the clock. I, I think it, I call it situational play. Uh, situational play is a very important part of teaching, and uh, I've, I've got a number of clips, and I haven't even looked at the tape. I already know that I'm going to pull out for that type of stuff, and. Um, yeah, so situational play is really important in trying to win hockey games. When you go over those clips, do you show the positives first or the negatives first? Like, how do you balance the win, but also how you? Oh yeah, yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not. We, we we played some good minutes. I, I just want us to. Uh, there are certain, there are certain things in in hockey games that we have to get better at and. Uh, it's not just outscoring a team, it's, it's understanding situations. And I, I think that helps you as you keep growing as a team to be a more consistent team. Uh, that gentleman back there asked about the identity. That's part of building an identity as far as situational play and, and what's to be expected. Situational issues, did you find to be a, just a problem with the players that were on the ice there in experience, or was this an issue like affecting No, this wasn't young players. These are veteran guys. Morning about um, more so in situations when Carter isn't playing well, getting that offense. But even a game when Carter, you know, is one of the best players, you guys get five goals. How important was that to see? Yeah, yeah, it, it's. It, I'm sure Carter felt pretty good, and where he has a two-three goal lead, he hasn't had much of that during the year. The the the, the situation we've been in this year, uh, it's hard to be a goaltender with us because we just he can't make a mistake because we just have not been able to. Give him run support. Uh, tonight we found a way. Our power play kicks in a couple. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure that helped him and uh, put ourselves in a situation to defend a lead and lost some momentum at the end. You know, you don't want to write it up that way, but I'm 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 glad we went through it and got through it successfully. But it certainly gives us an opportunity. To there he is, John Tortorella, addressing the media after the game. The one thing that my biggest takeaway from what Torts talked about was he talked about some teaching moments in there and situational play. And he's specifically talking about in the third period when the team is up 4-1. to one. Now, when you're up 4-1 to one and you've got a team, I mean, you've played a really good structured game. That's not the time to take on risk. You have to understand the situation that, hey, we don't need more goals to win. This is a, a race to four league. If you win the race to four goals, you're going to win most nights. Flyers' problem is they've only scored a race to two goals. Uh, over the previous, what, 13 games, they've averaged two goals a game. But in that situation last night, there's no reason to incur risk defensively when you're up 4-1 in the third period. You have to have the awareness of the clock. Like, sometimes you have to have that awareness that, okay, the puck's coming to me in the D zone. 
there's four seconds left. Does it make sense to try and clear the puck, or do I just eat it against the boards? In that situation, you just eat it against the boards, and you mitigate any chance of a turnover. Maybe you don't get enough on it. Whatever. You have to have that game awareness and situational awareness. And I thought the Flyers got a little loose in that third period and incurred a little bit of risk when they didn't need to. Didn't need more goals in that situation. Ended up getting to a one-goal game. They bent. They didn't let it come all the way undone, and they come away with a win. But certainly, situational hockey is huge. And that's something that I'm sure John Tortorella, Bradshaw, Rocky Thompson, coaching staff, all going to be talking about. Guys, there's a time and a place to incur risk. That was not one of them. So uh, that was my takeaway from what Torts had to say. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Caps. Flyers lost to the Caps in overtime two weeks ago tomorrow. We'll talk about the game tomorrow night. We'll preview it on a brand new edition of Flyers Daily. Hi.